Thank you for tuning in to our podcast recorded live each week. Now sit back and enjoy the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Tighten your life vest, strap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Good morning, Chattanooga area. Tony Sanders Outdoors is live on the air from the banks of the beautiful Tennessee River. Good morning, Professor Trout. Good morning, Tony Sanders. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Looking forward to this show. Mm-hmm. It's, been, uh, it's been entertaining about five minutes that you guys have been chit-chatting. Actually, I'm just going to take the back seat. Okay. I'm just, I'm here just to, to add color to the show. Well, that's a switch. You mean you're... I'm going to do the bad jokes and the puns and things like that while you actually do the show. Wait a minute. That's my job. I know. I'm putting you in charge. You know I hate being in charge. Well, but I am now, so deal with it. You, we're, we're dealing with something that uh, you, you tell people I don't know anything about, and that's fishing. I was gonna say true, but you know you know something about fishing. But we've got a fishing expert in the house today. We got John Dalton of Creek Fishing Adventures. How are you doing this morning, John? Doing pretty good. Awesome, awesome. Tell you uh, if you haven't checked out his YouTube channel, let me go ahead and plug that. He's got a YouTube channel called Creek Fishing Adventures, and you are a local guy. And basically, the the way I came across uh, across your uh, videos was I was looking for a specific species of fish and you tagged one of your videos with this specific species, and I started watching a lot of your videos. You're a local guy, and you're fishing ditches. Yeah. And by ditch, I mean three foot wide, maybe a couple inches deep in some places, but, you know, creeks meander and all that. But uh, you've got a great YouTube channel out, Creek Fishing Adventures. How did you start this? Tell us about yourself. Where did you start it, and why? why? Yeah. Let's start with why. Um, I'm always, I've been just curious about exploring and I grew up in Kentucky, um, where I lived and we, there was a creek behind our house and woods all around. And I just like walking through the woods and catch a little stuff. And then, um, I moved here from Clarksville about, uh, five years ago. And, um, my big hobby was working on old Chevy trucks and stuff like that. And when I moved, I sold everything and uh, I need to find something new to do. I started fishing in creeks and things and. And then uh, I started telling people, I'm going to start making YouTube videos on this. Nobody's doing it on creeks and actually identifying the little fish that are in there very well. So I um, started messing with it. Then I sold my house in Clarksville and got a little money. And I was like, all right, I'm buying buy a camera gear. <laughs> I spent about $1,000, camera and a laptop. And um, started making the first one just over three years ago. And I uh, just made my 200th video now. Yeah, I, I just watched your 200th video, and uh, you went on a creek here in Chattanooga. We're not going to say what, because I don't want to give away your fishing spot. But uh, you went on a little creek, and it was a multi-species day. I believe it was like a five- or six-species day, in just in this one creek that's literally in the middle of Chattanooga. Yeah. Yeah, I just found it. We, we I do heat and air, and we did some heat and air work, and I'm always looking for Bridges, creek streams, anything I can come back later and check out. And that was about a month ago when I saw it. And I finally got a chance to come back. 
after work one day, and um, I thought it was going to be like a little nothing, but I love it just checking out anything. Next thing I know, this creek's really wide, and there's deep holes that are two or three feet deep, and there was just fish everywhere in there. And um, I think I caught four sunfish species and largemouth bass and rock bass. And I, for two hours straight, I was just catching fish until it got dark, and it was time to go. Right here in Chattanooga, how many fish did you, ballpark, how many fish did you catch that? Probably day? 30 fish in just two hours. And this is just in a ditch. What, what most people think is a runoff dish. Yeah, it's a, I'm not going to tell you exactly, but I, was, I went over 153, and I looked over and saw it, and then I kind of marked it in my mind. I was like, i gotta, I got to go back and check that out and just kind of see it, and then, yeah, turned into a good fishing day. Well, now, on your videos, can people not tell where you're at? You uh, some people can, but the thing about it on YouTube, there's, you know, millions and millions of people that are watch it, and they're scattered out pretty far. There were some local people that were like, I think I know that's it. That's fine, but I try not to give all my places away. But <laughs> I uh, I started fishing a place in Cleveland, um, the Greenway there. Now everybody fishes it. <laughs> And uh, I talk to people all the time. They're telling me that, that they fished it. People send me pictures of fish they caught from there on Instagram all the time. And, and uh, so that, that place has kind of gotten a little bit fished a little more than I thought. Because when I first started, I never thought I'd get more than a few hundred views on most of my videos. Now I'm getting uh, some videos. I'm getting 50,000, 60,000 views in just a month. Oh, that's awesome. That is great. That, uh, I mean, are you, are you hoping to make it into a, a business? Now I am. Okay. Was, <laughs> Fair cause, enough. Because at 50,000 views, you can monetize that. Yeah. You can monetize. Yeah, YouTube's uh keeps changing things. But now after you get 1,000 subscribers and you get like, I think it's 4,000 hours of watch time a year, you can monetize. And um, last year, the whole year, I made like $300. And um, this year, at the end of March, all of a sudden, boom, it just started taking off. I went from 4,000 subscribers to just hit 20,000 subscribers today from March, whereas it took me two and a half years to get to, like, uh, three or 4,000. Well, you know, if you, if you, I guess, would wear a bikini and, and have the, the body of, of all the the young ladies out there, that might get you more views. I don't know. You mean like Darcizzle? Yeah, yeah. Darcizzle and uh, uh, Louisa. and uh, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a lot like that, a lot do things like that. And uh, I try to keep mine a little different. And um, I have a lot of nieces and nephews that like watching it, and uh, I work at a church and stuff, and I try to keep everything as clean as possible, and just me being yeah. honest. Family friendly. Family friendly. And uh, I've gotten a lot of comment and feedback that people really like that, and they're like. And, and I think I think that's great. It, uh, and we, when, this, when I started the show, that was, was the rule. I said, this is going to be a, um, a, a family friendly show. And I got a lot of comments in the beginning, and, and comments which I don't think were actually true, but it was like, well, this is one of the only shows I can let my kids listen to on the station. Because it was probably seven or eight years for the first cuss word ever went out over the yeah. air. And it just, it, we just, it's one of those things we, and, and it has nothing to do with anything other than just trying to take the high road and, and put out a good a good product. And and I, th- I mean, I, I'm, I'm giving you a hard time about uh or sizzle and all the others, but uh, it, I find it interesting. And, and I told Rob we actually did a show about that. Yeah, we did. And and I said I don't have a problem with them using mm-hmm. what God has given them. Yeah. Uh, the difference is, is they actually do fish. I mean, it's not like they're 
they're you know somebody's baiting their hook. I mean, yeah. these people are actually fishermen. Yeah, they do. And uh, and so I think it's awesome what you're what you're doing, and I think uh, I think it'll it'll make inspire more people to get out there and 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 fish creeks. I mean, I grew up contrary to what Rob said. Ouch. Fishing in uh, uh, what's the the creek that runs on Davidson Road? Uh, it's uh, one of the Chickamaugas. Oh, uh, 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 North Chickamauga. No, no, north oh. is north is up here. South Chick. So it's got to be South Chick. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, catching crawdads and and fishing and and like you said, those wide deep spots in the in the creek and and we caught fish there. That's that's where I spent most of my day yeah. was in the creek. Oh, speaking of creeks. I found out uh, from my cousin, who, who was recently in town, the river that I had my terrible uh, musky accident in, or pike accident when I was a little kid, the one that I still have a scar on my thumb mm-hmm. today. The one you lipped a pike? Yes, when I lipped a pike when I was very, very small. did not thought it was like a long green bass, never really fished up north. Reached down and grabbed this pike, and it chomped down, and I still have the scar on my thumb today from the teeth going into it. It was the Palmer River, and it was out of Rehoboth, Massachusetts. So, so what you get for fishing up there in Yankee Land? Yeah, I know. I know. Hey, it was the only place to fish. Right? You know, we were fishing up there. Was, but anyway, I understand. I understand. Yeah, being a southern kid, I went up north and decided I caught this long green bass and just went ahead and lipped the thing. And bad idea on a member of the Pikes. I just caught my first walleye the other day. <laughs> And the guys was like, "Don't put your hands in his mouth." I was like, All right. "Now, where were you fi- fishing for walleye?" Uh, well, I wasn't fishing for walleye. I was just fishing for whatever is at the Hawassi in oh, Charleston. Right. Yeah, I've caught two around there. Okay, um, within the last year, just kind of random. Interesting. Now, do you? I know you fish. You, your your videos are a lot around the the smaller waters. Do you ever fish like the Hawassi and video and stuff? Uh, bank fish. Yeah, yep. I don't. I don't have one boat fishing video, and I don't know, remember the last time I fished off a boat. But um, I will. I like to bank fish. I've been trying to learn how to catfish. Been trying to get into that. I've caught a couple ten pounders. Haven't caught anything huge. I can set you up with that. I can. I can. I can let. You, I know enough people. I can get you set up with that. Not but a now, problem. Where Where are you trying to catch these in creeks? No. Um, usually I go to Hawassi or okay. something like that. Just it just depends on how much time I have after work, and how much time I want to sit there and wait. So what you're saying is this whole work thing is really cutting into your fun <laughs> outdoor time? Yeah, kills all the fun. Yeah, it does, but it at least pays for it. Um, yeah, we can even teach you how to uh, get you in touch with uh, get you in touch with people that teach you how to go out and just pull them out of the, you know, their beds with your hands if you want. To. Oh yeah, uh uh-uh. not no. I mean, he's probably. I mean, he's I mean, he's in creeks with snakes and everything else. I mean, what is he? Yeah, I was going to get to the snake question and and the the slippage and slidage question a little bit later, but. Uh, as all good creek fishermen know, if you're going to be in there, you're going to be, like, skating around at some point and almost go head over teacups. And then, you know, at some point you're going to see, you know, Mr. You know, Mr. Slim out yeah. there. So so what's the, what's the funniest thing that's happened to you while trying to film? And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I, it's um, some places it's hard to stand up. And um, I fished uh, the Koei after the water let it down after the rapids the other day. And it was like walking on ice, but um, oh, I bet, I bet it was. Yeah, um, and it, uh, the funniest thing is people, all the comments from people. I get, I get random comments. People are like, uh, "You need to do this. You should do this. You should do this." Like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I try to listen. At the same time, I'm just gonna do what I'm gonna do. 
That's a good attitude. Well, I mean, everybody's a producer and knows better than you, so. <laughs> yeah. I will say felt felt souls do help you adhere to rocks. Yeah. I, uh, I've i heard that, and I've, I've, I really need to get some. But um, I need to go. Try, I want to try shoes on. I wear size 15, so I have a hard time finding, like, going somewhere and finding shoes that I feel comfortable in. I don't sure. want to just order. We got our producer agreeing. What size shoe do you wear, Taylor? I'm only a 13, so not not as large, but still. I mean, they don't really make nice shoes for long feeted people. Feeted is that a? I don't know. Footed. Footed. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Feeted. Footed. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's early. <laughs> it is early. Deer. Deers. <laughs> Whatever. Fish or fishes. Mooses. Meese. Meese. More than one. Gooses or geese. <laughs> All right, that's enough. <laughs> Speaking of moose. There was a somebody sent me a, and 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 you probably get this too. People just kind of send you random things to look. Yeah. Somebody sent a picture of a uh, a moose, and I don't know exactly where it's at. I don't think they ever said, uh, but it's a uh, looks like it's out in Alaska, standing on a sprinkler or oh. in front of a sprinkler. Yeah, <laughs> just getting sprinkled. I thought that makes sense. Well, I, it was one of those that the, it's like the bar arm that that makes the arc, and he's standing right over, it and it comes up, and he's like, oh yeah. He's kind of standing there going, oh, yeah, that's good. And then it kind of gets under the undercarriage, you know, then goes back across, and he's like, yeah, I like that. And then it goes away from it, and he has this look of like, where'd he go? Come back. No. Come back. I, uh, uh, Kurt Holbert is uh, the chairman of the Tennessee Fish and Wildlife Commission. Is in Alaska with his daughter, Lainey. She caught her. Yesterday she caught, they were videoing her when she caught her 100th salmon. Yesterday, one hundred salmon. Yesterday, you know what kind? Salmon. On the, you know, okay. all right. Salmon on the salad. I don't know. Well, there's, there's king, dog, chum, sockeye. Uh, I'll let you see the video and you can okay. look at it. It's, it's a salmon. I mean, for God's sake. Well, that's like saying it's a. It's I a, understand, I, and I don't have all forty-two species of brim. There's only memory. there's only five species of salmon, but that's okay. Fine, be that way. You're going to give me crap about my brim presentation. Everybody likes the brim presentation. Have you ever sat through it? No, I don't. All right, have, then. I don't have that much time in my life. Anyway, we're going to go pay a bill, and I'll try to calm him down about his brim or whatever and let him see a picture of whatever the heck this salmon is. It's a salmon. I don't know. And it's a great presentation if you'd actually listen to it. I'm just saying. Just throwing that out there. And when we come back, we'll be talking to somebody with a little bit of sanity, and that would be John Dalton of Creek Fishing Adventures. There we go. Buttons are important. Tony Sanders Outdoors. We'll be right back. Compass Auctions and Real Estate is your one-stop source for new and used equipment. What kind of equipment, you ask? Well, they have cars, guns. Construction equipment, guns. Sporting equipment, guns. Restaurant equipment, guns. Coins, guns. Four wheelers, guns. Side by sides, guns. Are you hearing a theme? Compass Auctions and Real Estate are your source for all the slightly used equipment that you need around your hunting lease. It's real simple. Go to soldoncompass.com and sign up for the email updates about upcoming auctions. Sold on Compass. There is a world-class shooting facility just a short drive north of Chattanooga where you can shoot shotguns on two world-class sporting clays courses designed by Marty Fisher. You can also sight in your hunting rifle at whatever distance you need, up to 1,000 yards. That is right. Get ready for your western state hunts right there at Dead Zero Shooting Park. Give them a call at 423-800-7758. Again, that's 423-800-7758. 
or visit them on the web at deadzeroshooting.com. Dead Zero Shooting Park, the area's premier shooting destination. 423-800-7758 or deadzeroshooting.com. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Just for the record, it was a king salmon that she caught. Salmon. And I, I, I got it. It's kind of funny. I'm trying to find, a, find you a picture. The biggest fear her mom had was uh, Kurt taking Lanny up to uh, Alaska and the bears, mm-hmm. you know, which can be an issue. So the f- the first picture they send her uh, is is Lanny sitting there waving, and there's a big grizzly just like <laughs> 30, 40 yards behind her, you know. <laughs> it's like, Hi, Mom. You know, and, and there's there's – I've seen it two or three different places. There's ones that they sent out on text and one they put on Facebook. Order. And and you see the guides moving to get into position to, to stop the bear if he has to. But that was the first one they sent, and it was, I just, I died laughing. That's hilarious. Like, of course they did. Well, you, I mean, even, you know, depends on where you are. You can experience some interesting critters. I mean, you know, obviously Alaska, you, you know, your big concern up there, you don't really have to worry about snakes up in Alaska. No. But, you know, bears are an issue, you know. Now, you're trading one for another. I mean. Yeah, but now bears are a little bit different than snakes. Oh, gosh, yes. I Especially mean, those because those are, those are they're Kodiaks. Big. I mean, like, they're big. they're big and they're fast and aggressive. <laughs> so, I mean. Hey, I've seen, well, true, but I've also seen some, and I'm sure you've come across them, John, the, the banded water snakes. I mean, they're harmless, but, the, I mean, you'd think they were the most poisonous snake in the world, but, you know, because they're so... I always think that, you know, we don't really have them in East Tennessee. We've got them in West Tennessee. We don't have cottonmouths. But I would swear, and I've talked to herpentologists about this, I mean, actual herpentologists, that the aggressiveness of the just the banded water snake, you know, makes them, you're probably going to get bit by one of those before you ever encounter a uh, a, a venomous yeah. snake. Yeah, people always worry about that. I've, I've never had, walking through creeks, they usually just scatter. And, and all of a sudden, usually half the time I'll be walking, all of a sudden I hear a bloop, and they'll fall out of a tree. And that's usually when I see a snake or something like that. But no, I haven't had anything where they've been showing any kind of, except for at night with a light on. Sometimes they'll come right up to you. It's kind of weird. But. You'll probably see that little red red light on the camera and think, hey, there's something good to eat. So have you encountered any critter that just was not a good encounter? Uh, just got to watch out for geese. Geese. On because a, a lot of times they're you know laying on eggs on the side of a creek or something like that, and they'll let you know uh, they're there really quick. But they kind of they probably will flog you if you get close enough. But they act like they're gonna come at you, so I kind of have to avoid them. So now, do you get in and do you wade down the middle? Or you try to stay on the banks. It depends on what kind of creek. If it's you know if it's rocky bottom and solid, I'll I'll walk through it. Um, some of them are like real muddy and. You don't, and it's real dirty, so I don't want to be like 
stinking in or standing on logs. But I try to bank fish those. But most time those creeks you can't bank fish them. They're just all everything's all grown up. Well, how, now how did how did you get into this? I mean, this is not your typical. Yeah. Um, typical deal. Uh, most people, you know, they fish creeks when they're a kid and they grow up and they start doing other things. I just, I never left the desire just to kind of explore and have fun. So you never grew up? No. Nah. All right. <laughs> about it. That's a good answer. So, so what's the most exciting part of it? Is it the, uh, the different species you catch or, uh, the variety you catch in a typical day? I guess most exciting is you just never know what you're going to come up on. I like hiking and kind of just seeing things, and this this way I'm hiking pretty much and fishing, and exploring, catch you know sea turtles, animals, like I said snakes, deer, um, and you never know what kind of fish are going to be in there. You could walk up on a a hole that holds a two pound bass, or you could you know catch a three inch bluegill or something like that. What was the biggest thing that ever surprised you that you caught? Hmm. I guess just like some some of the bass that I've caught, I caught mm-hmm. a spotted bass. It was like probably two pounds the other day out of this little hole of a creek that I had no idea. I could not believe it was in there. Just real shallow water and a real big fish. Yeah, and it's, and it's a shallow water, and there's one little deep hole under a bridge where the kind of log jam, and it probably is sitting in there eating everything that comes through. That's which is why it was two pounds. Do what? That's why I have got yeah. it for two pounds. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a fat, fat bass. That's funny. That's funny. And that, I mean, that makes sense. And they probably don't get a lot of pressure. I mean, how many times do you run into people fishing? I'll say fishing. <laughs> no, hardly any. Yeah. Every once in a while, someone's like, yeah, I fished that when I was a kid, or I fished that one time. Whereas, um, you know, I can't, I, I really don't like going to ponds because some ponds, I'm like, there's people fishing there every day. Right. Whereas you go to these creeks, the fish can, a lot of times they'll stay there year round, but they will, you know, it changes up and they can grow fast. I was going to ask about the changes. There's a creek I fish here locally, and over the years, especially with the floods we had early this spring, uh, they shut down the road that this creek was near. I mean, they they shut down the road at both ends, and this creek— That would be the North Chick. I'm yeah, sorry. yes, it would be the North Chick. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Lower Mill Road area. <laughs> Just give away my spots. All right, fine, be that way. Yes, it was on Lower Mill Road. Be that way. But there used to be these log jams that we would fish, and, and they got wiped out. Uh, but I will say there was X million gallons of water flowing through there, and it, it has changed the creek dramatically in, in, in certain areas. It hadn't really, you know, like formed an oxbow lake like that or anything, but it, it has certainly changed a lot of the dynamics of the creek. Do you see that on a year-to-year basis with, with the spring flooding or, you know, the traditional – not? Not unusual spring flooding like we had this year, but yeah. the, you know, the traditional, you know, winter rains and stuff like that. Do you see a lot of changes in creeks that you've been to over the years? Yeah, I've been going to the same creeks, a lot of the, several same creeks for next, almost three to four years now. And, um, yeah, sometimes I'll go to one, and um, the next year it, be, it could be totally different. All the deep holes have moved. Things have changed. I've also been to some that I know I've caught the same fish uh, like three years in a row just because it had a deformation or something like that. And it'll be in the same spot. And sometimes it's not even far up from the lake or something like that, but it just they'll hold in the same spot. And you know they're getting tons of water flooding through there. So with the, with the creeks um, and your videos, I've been watching you. you. What rig do you, what is your go-to, go-to fishing rig most of the time? 
um, well, the whole, like whole setup, say I'm just going to go to a creek that I have nothing I know about and I want to be able to catch multiple species, I'm usually going to use like a light action pole, you five and a half, six foot long, usually it's four pound mono, something cheap like that, and some kind of crappie jig most of the time, one thirty six ounce, usually something pretty light where it sinks slow, maybe one sixteenth ounce, and if I see bass in there, I'll, after I've caught a few, I'll upsize something like that, something a little bit bigger, maybe a Ned rig or something like that, or just go with a rooster tail or a little crankbait, like a Rapala or a Rebel crankbait, something that it can kind of catch a variety of fish. Now, I know um, I've talked to friends of mine, and uh, I'm sure you're well aware of it, but for our listeners, I have heard that the small Rebel Crawdad, the little itty-bitty, they make a Rebel Crawdad, they make a Crick Hopper, a Cricket Hopper, and they make uh, another one. They're fairly realistic, but they say that crawfish one is just deadly and that the Cricket is also very deadly as well. I love the Rebel lures. <laughs> that was one of the first lures I started using. And the uh, the Rebel uh, Crick Hopper, it's like a, it's a real light lure. That's that's probably my favorite because um, it's real shallow and it has a really good action in the water. But yeah, they got the uh, the full size crawl. They got a deep crawl, a uh, middle wee crawl, a wee crawl. They got a bunch of different sizes and they. Um, I crawl, you crawl, he she yeah. crawls. Okay, good. He'll crawl. Um, they yeah, they work really good and attract a lot of fish. Okay. I like that. So now we've got we've got the information on what to use. Well, I was going to ask him if he ever uses a tinkara. I've seen you use, I was going to get to that eventually, but I've seen you use a fly rod once. Yeah. And I actually just picked up a fly rod. Oh, really? And I went to a pond, didn't catch anything. But that's my that's well, my first try. Who'd you go with? Uh, myself. Oh, okay. Well, there's your problem. Yeah. So I want to try fly fishing. Um, it's one of those things that just. I know. Um, I know a guy. Yeah. I know a guy. So if I know anybody that fly fished, it might be good. But yeah. I know a guy. Um, um, but I haven't done the. Uh, a lot of people have said try the Tinkara thing. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I just I never have. Well, I know a guy who who does that too. So we'll put you in touch with him a little bit later. Um. What? Taylor's back there. Just, it's just down. I would think, based on what you said about the Tinkara, that would be awesome for what he does. It would be. I went to a creek in North Georgia, which will be, which will remain nameless, um, and I went out there with a Tinkara and caught, I know, four species, uh, creek chub, long-eared uh, green sunfish, and some red breasts. And then we started getting into, uh, and the ones we were there for, friend of mine said hey i've been catching this species of bass i don't know what it is i said well you know I, he didn't have a good picture so i went down there turned out to be a red eye mm -hmm. it turned out to be a true coosa bass yeah and um we caught several of, i mean you know they were maybe 12 13 inches i mean not real super big and we caught some that were like eight inches long but um we went out there with a car rod and a sinking fly and we just, we, like you said, we were on the creek for two hours, probably caught, you know, 30 fish apiece. Yeah. And we weren't standing, you know, from where you're sitting right now and where I am, we weren't that far apart, and we're just sitting there catching fish left, right, and sideways. Um, but, yeah, I, I was look, I was watching that one video where you did fly fish, and you, you hiked up over hill and dale 
and uh, Mountain Laurel everywhere. And I, I was like, okay, I don't know exactly where you are, but I've got a real good idea of where you are up in the because yeah. uh, you were over two thousand feet because there was uh, that mountain rhododendron, and um, and you were like rock crawling trying to go up these streams. I'm like, he's in brook trout country. Yeah. I, so well, that was the goal. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, uh, I yeah, I've I've never fly fish. A lot of times when I tell people I creek fish, and they're like, oh, you trout fish. I'm like, well, not really. Like they're like, what else do you <laughs> creek fish? Okay. Well, I've got the same problem. I'm all I do is fly fish. And everybody says, oh, you must go for trout. Yeah. N- I, I'll be honest, like 90% of my fishing is warm water, small creek, and I go out there with an ultralight fly rod or a 10-car rod and go out for, you know, just whatever I can catch. It doesn't matter. Yes, I've fished, I've fished out west. I've fished the big waters out west. I've, I try to fish here locally. I'll fish the Hiawassee. I'll fish the Tacoa in north Georgia. I'll fish the teleco here i'll fish the elk the duck you know that's fine yeah i do i i trout fish when i can't brim fish so to me there's like brim fishing season and not brim fishing season um you know it's kind of like tony over here there's there's not hunting there's thinking about hunting season and then hunting season that's pretty much his year so um but yeah i can get you set up with a fly rod i can show you a few a few tactics and tips we can get you. I want, there's a, uh, I think it's on, I don't remember if it's on Prime or on Netflix, that Orvis makes like a 10-part series on fly fishing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched, it's actually done pretty well. I've watched like three or four episodes. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, but the only thing, you notice what they're catching. Yeah. Big trout. Big trout. Yeah, and the flies are, I mean, I've noticed, uh, and we'll get to this uh, when we come back from the break, I've noticed you, you you're, you're already doing it, but there's a term in fly fishing called matching the hatch. We'll talk a little bit more about that, and we'll talk about how it relates to your lures when we get back. Since Tony Sanders Outdoors came on the air, Sportsman's Warehouse has been one of our premier sponsors as they were the first and longest-lasting large retailer in our area. They are your one-stop source for hunting and fishing equipment, firearms and supplies, camping, boating, outdoor clothing, and so much more. There are two differences about Sportsman's Warehouse, their people, and their support of the conservation efforts that matter to you. No other retailer in our area supports locally like Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors, Highway 153 and Lee Highway. Babies Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Babies has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Baby Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Baby's Fertilizer. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. 
Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That is more than the catchy jingle when it describes State Farm agent Rodney Allen. For over 20 years, Rodney and his team of professionals have been taking care of our family's insurance needs. Whether it's home, auto, life, or insurance, or your outdoor toys, whatever it is, Rodney Allen and State Farm can handle these needs. Don't forget your banking and financial needs as well. Reach Rodney Allen and his staff at 423-847-3881. Again, that's 423-847-3881. And invest a few minutes your time to deal with a financial professional and his staff. Rodney Allen, State Farm. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors hanging with you this Saturday morning. Went to Nashville yesterday. I saw that. How was the Cheesecake Factory? It was uh, It was very good, always. Mm-hmm. And um, did not go to Nashville for the Cheesecake Factory, though. That's always a stop that my wife insists on. Came back through the mountains. You ever go up in the mountains? You like to get up in the mountains? Yeah. At higher altitudes? Yeah, whenever I can. But now, see, you, you've changed my whole perspective. You know, now I think in every bridge I drive over and I look in this, I always, I always have a habit of looking over the rail to see what kind of water's there. And now if it's two feet wide, I'm like, hey, there's fish in there. Mm-hmm. Carter just got back from uh, Colorado, and he sent me pictures, and there was a stream he was fishing, probably one as wide as this table that we're sitting at right now. He was catching 16, 18-inch cutthroat out of that trout. It's I, I recently, in May, went to North Carolina, and I was fishing, I don't even know if you'd call it a creek. It was even smaller than a creek, something as not even as wide as a doorway, and I was pulling out wild trout. Every ditch, every piece of water up there had wild rainbows or brook trout in it and we were just you know we we drive along hey there's some water stop we'd pull over and go trout fishing yeah so i mean it, it's it's similar to what you're doing but um uh before the break i said we were getting in get into match the hatch which are you are you familiar you're somewhat yeah, familiar with that i heard that and I, yeah i know what you're talking about well i've noticed you uh throw a couple of helgramite patterns as well now i tie a few flies that um they're okay, and they kind of mimic a helgramite. But I know you're using hard lures, but that helgramite looks, and some of those soft plastics you're using look really, really good. Yeah, um, that that helgramite is made by Nikro. It's a Japanese company. They sent to me, they sent a lot out to the YouTubers to kind of get build up their publicity. But um, yeah, it's a three inch soft plastic, but it's about the toughest material I've ever used. And um, and the bass, especially in the clear water. They can't turn down, seems like. They just have to go take a nip out of it. Hmm. That's interesting that they recognize a Helgramite. And, I mean, you know, it, It well, it looks, I mean, sometimes I'll tie a fly and look at it and go, well, I'm not sure what it's supposed to represent, but it looks buggy. Yeah. And buggy is a technical fly tying term. It, it's buggy. Not sure what it is, but it looks like a bug. Could be a bug. Hey, we, got, we got a question from a listener on uh, Facebook, Alan Hudson. Have you ever fished Abraham's Creek? Not Is it Abrams? Abrams. Sorry, glasses. I don't think so. Is that in Chattanooga? No, that's in the park. Uh, that sounds familiar. Which park? Uh, Smoky Mountains National Park. Abrams okay. Creek is, well, that's the only Abrams I know. It's got it's wild... It's spelled like br- Abraham, just for the record. Uh, Abrams is. I know, but it's spelled like Abraham. Okay. Uh, it's in the park, and it's got wild brook trout and wild rainbow trout in it. Uh, and it's a it's a it's a ditch it's a ditch but it's one of the most famous 
trout streams in um, in the Smoky Mountains. It's uh, over in uh, where are all the darn uh, the the big valley place where every, where everybody sees the bears. Cates uh, Cove. Cates Cove. Thank you. It's over there. I I know where it is. I can get there. I just don't know what the name of the place was. So there you go, Alan. He has not fished Abrams Creek. You need to go fish Abrams Creek if you want to. I I got a I got a list written down, probably over a hundred places <laughs> that I want to go, <laughs> and um, I'm like, all right, as soon as I can, I'm trying to check them off here and there. But uh, if it's more than an hour away, it's kind of limits you know, really limits your time. Sure, but um. I'm trying to. I'm still. There's still some around the, around this area, especially in Chattanooga, that, I, and um, around Dayton and stuff like that. that there's so many creeks around here. Now, do you get in into the bigger creeks like Soddy Creek and uh, those? Um, I've I've kayaked um, South Chick in Ringgold, and um, it's pretty good. Um, but most of the time, if it's a bigger creek, I if it's hard if it's hard to walk the bank or something like that, I usually can't get to it unless I'm going to kayak it. But, most of the time, I'm I'm sticking to small streams that are three, four feet deep at the most. Hmm. You ever come across a stream that's like you fished and determined it's dead? I mean, there was nothing in it. Um, not around here, I don't think. But um, okay. You ever gone totally fishless on a day? Oh yeah. Okay. Especially well, it's mostly in the winter when the weather changes. Um, these this creeks and when it gets cold. Everything in those creeks is shut down totally. It's like I can't I can't buy a fish. Really? Yeah. When it's cold, the the small water, if it's two to three feet deep, there'll be nothing nothing going on. In there. So does that shut down your winter fishing completely? I have to move to deeper water. That's what I've learned this year or okay. this last winter. I really or go trout fishing or trout fishing. Yeah, that's I want to try more of that this year. Um, trout fishing, especially during the winter time when I can't catch bluegill and bass out of the creeks stuff like that. Well, you know, the one thing about this, it's um, it's an economical way to really get into fishing. And it's like a mini vacation, you know, whenever you want to take one. I mean, you said you're not driving more than an hour. You do it after you get off of work. Yeah. And you can have a nice evening, you know. It, it's a it's a mini vacation. Yeah. I, I, I like catching fish. I don't, I don't have to be trying to break a record every time I go. And I get a lot of sort of criticism, but people are like, well, you're only catching small fish. I'm like, yeah. What's wrong with that? And um, people and yeah, people think that if they if they don't have a chance to like make a new PB, like what's the point of going? I'm like, I don't I don't have to break you know the biggest fish, and I don't have a lot of big fish that I've caught, but I just like enjoying each fish and catching stuff. Well, it's like the people that it's the difference between deer hunters and horn hunters. I mean, where all they want is the bigger the better, and you know, there's a couple of Facebook pages out there where. You know, I've seen people post eight and ten pointers on there and people putting them down. It's like, just get a life, folks. You know, it is it is what everybody's into. If you're happy walking through a creek, catching uh, ten different varieties of small fish, then the heck with everybody else. Yeah, exactly. Just like the they, they don't have to watch your YouTube channel. <laughs> they don't have to watch it, do they? No. You don't make them. They should and subscribe, right? That's right. Okay, just just throwing that in there. But, no, it was like when I first started deer hunting, one of the things that stuck with me is is Tony said, you know, you, you can't eat antlers. <laughs> doe tastes pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So I was, you know, ready to pop a doe or whatever walked yeah. out of the woods. I mean, if it had 10 points, great. If it was a doe, great. 
mm-hmm. it's going in the fridge. It doesn't matter. So yeah, it, to me, it's a lot like that with uh, with my fishing as well. I go out and uh, I'll show you my Facebook page. I'm you know holding little green sunfish and I and I'm admiring the fish itself for the the turquoise in its face. The the my favorite are the red breasts because they they have that orange hue on the tail. I mean little little things like that. And and I always said that the bluegill family and and I'm a I'm a fan of the bluegill. Um, and when I say bluegill, I mean the entire uh, Lapomas family. But I really enjoy catching them because if you took one of those fish and made like a, a piece of jewelry, you could sell it at Tiffany's. Yeah. Because of all the oranges, the greens, the blues, the hues of all those different colors. And I also have another theory, and and I'd hope you back me on this. I'm not putting any pressure. You don't have to back me on this. And if you disagree, we'll, you know, we'll we'll talk about it. I have I have a theory that if if a red breast got up to like six or seven pounds, they wouldn't be the most destructive fish in North America as far as tackle manufacturing goes. There wouldn't be a rod, line, or lure that would hold those things. Many of my friends have uh, talked about this. They're like, um, if red breast got you know five pounds, people come all over the world to catch those things, and yeah, they are some really aggressive. Hard hitting fish. I've caught them on, you know, fishing bass lures, and they're hitting at it. I always had a theory that, you know, if if brim got to be about five or six pounds, we would not have the Bass Anglers Association of America. We'd have the Brim Anglers Association of America. Yeah. So, that's my thought. But, and basically, it, to be honest, bass are overgrown brim. They're the same family. Right. So, now speaking of bass, how many bass species have you caught? Uh, like the black bass. Yes. Um, uh, well, of course, coosa bass, largemouth, spot, smallmouth. That's probably my main. I, I don't know really any other ones that I've. You haven't caught the. Yeah, I mean, the only other one is the Guadalupe bass. Yeah. No. You got to do some traveling to get that. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot I'd like to get. And I'd like to get all the red eye. You know, there's. You got to kind of go out and get them Bartrams and Cahaba or. Right. All that. But. They're kind of out there. Kind of on the outliers, yeah. yeah. But the the red eyes are a species that a lot of people don't fish for. One, because they're small, but a lot of people don't know about them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never heard of them until I moved here, uh, to Cleveland. And they have them in Mouse Creek, which I've done a lot of looking up and research. They're not technically supposed to be in that body of water. They're, you know, they're native to the Conestoga. But the biggest one I've ever caught was 12 inches. <laughs> and um, I'm like, I'm going to catch a pound, once a pound one day. I haven't even come close to that. <laughs> but um, but they are they're aggressive. They're like a smallmouth a lot and real strong. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll be right back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. The Tri-State Chapter of Quail Forever is having a banquet on Saturday evening, September 28th at Highland Sportsman Club in Hickson. Quail Forever is focusing efforts on habitat reconstruction to benefit the bobwhite quail. Many of you began your hunting career chasing bobwhite quail in our area and you long for that sound of a quail again. While we may not restore that during your lifetime, join us in our efforts to restore that sound for future generations. For more information, please look us up on Facebook at quailforever-tristate chapter. Babies Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. 
Babies have years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Baby Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at babiesfertilizer.com. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors wrapping it up this first hour. You know, you were talking about uh, Dead Zero. Uh, we got a message from Tony Baker. Uh, the Southeast Tennessee area Young Marines are having their inaugural sporting clay tournament shoot at Dead Zero on September 14th, 2019. Cost is $80. Unless you have been in the military or are a law enforcement officer, then it's $70. And uh, that's going to be happening September 14th, 2019 at Dead Zero. So if you want to shoot some sporting clays, get out there and support the Young Marines. Sweet. Good for them. Um, also coming up, eventually, is the Medal of, Her- the Medal of Honor. Heritage Center Sporting Clays event coming up at Bennett Sporting Clays. Two flights, 9 and 1 o'clock, and that's going to be on September 5th. All the proceeds go to help the Medal of Honor Heritage Center. And then on the 28th, uh, the Quail Forever Banquet is going to be out at Highland Sportsman's Club. It's going to be out there at 5 p.m. Please join us. Absolutely. Let's go Mark real quick. Hey, Mark. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, just talking a little creek fishing, man. What about you? Headed to Woods to uh, Production Unlimited. We're going to have a booth set up over there. Some chances at a Bronchi shotgun and a K2 cooler for the blind draw at Woods this morning. Well, that uh, that that's always those those duck blind drawings are always a lot of fun. A lot of people. Yep. Uh, so I just wanted to tell anybody and everybody that wants to come, we're going to be over there at. Uh, at Woods, come by and see us. Um, like I said, we'll have chances at a shotgun and a K2 cooler, and um, who knows? We've got some Ducks Unlimited membership and some other hats and shirts and stuff there today. And uh, hopefully, I, I don't know, maybe we'll get lucky and draw a blind too. Who knows? Well, I hope you do, man. Mm-hmm. I hope you do. I enjoy. I enjoy Woods. Yep. Anxious oh. to see how the new draw deal they got going this year is going to work out and uh this will be the first year they've had the two draws right um, and uh, so i'd be anxious to see how that works and and just watch them go through that i think as well well i would love to hear your uh, uh your your comments after you watch that happen mark uh, especially since i've got a commission meeting not this week but the week after so uh, oh yeah i'll give you a call when we get back from over there all right sounds good man appreciate it all right. Hey, in the best way, I, I have fished Abrams and Kate's Cove before. I heard that question a little earlier. And um, it's, it's easy to, I think it's easy access, easy to fish. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the, the places when we used to go camp in Kate's Cove, uh, we'd go down and fish there. Um, and I think we caught brook and, and rainbow trout out of it. Um, so, Easy access and and uh, and and I think a, a good fishery. Oh, it is. It really is. Yep. 
right. All right, man. Well, you guys have a great morning. Right. Be careful. Talk to you later. Good Be luck careful. on the draw. Yep. Bye-bye. Yeah, this is Duck Blind Drawing Day. If you've never been to a duck blind drawing, it's something you ought to go to. It's pretty cool. I've never been. I probably need to experience that at least once in my life. Yeah, Woods is is uh, is is nice. But, man, you get over Candom Bottoms. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was thinking how many thousands of people show up for that. Many thousands. Yeah, it's a huge deal. So uh, check it out. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So, And then next week, Sandhill Crane. No, it's not. You don't need to show up for that. It will not be at Ray County High School. You don't need to be there next week. You need to stay at home and, and uh, listen to uh, Cindy Outdoors and the uh, – the other guys on the radio, the car guys, so you don't need to go to Ray County. I agree with you. Okay, thank you very much. I want there to be less than six hundred people. Less than six hundred people. Yeah. If the, if there's if there's one person that's gonna get drawn out, it'd probably be me though. No, that was last year. With all the crap I've given you this year, it's probably gonna be me because yeah. you know karma. Karma. Yeah. Karma's coming back. Karma's gonna be coming around again because I didn't get drawn the fr- that one year. So. All right. Well, I actually got I actually got. Quoted uh, or interviewed for an article for Alabama yesterday, talking about because their new crane. Yeah, they, get, they just started their season this year. So they called and somebody from down there called and we chit chatted about crane hunting in Tennessee and what okay. Alabamas were going to find out. Okay. We'll be right back after a short top of the hour break. Everywhere you look was a sweet persimmon. Big around as a Florida lemon was a white tail grocery store. Don't stop that podcast now. That's only one half of the show. We'll be right back with the second half of Tony Sanders Outdoors. Tighten your life vests, wrap into your tree stand, and get ready for the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoors. Your source for outdoor information, education, and entertainment. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Sanders and Rob Pratula. Welcome back. Hour number two, Tony Sanders Outdoors. Hang with you this Saturday morning. First of August. Hunting season's not far away. You do anything besides fish? Do you hunt at all? Uh, yeah, I still like cleaning stuff. But yeah, I, I like squirrel hunt, rabbit hunt, deer okay. hunt a little bit. Okay. I'm a, bird hunting is my, my favorite thing, so the rest of it is just grocery shopping. Yeah. That's a very good point. It, it is. No, it is. I mean, you know, going out, hey, we need some beef for the freezer. Okay, venison it is, you know. Unless you're going to unless you're going to shoot a deer that dresses at it, you know, 2500 pounds and the spike, which I'm sure some farmer would not appreciate. That's why you see a lot of farmers with cow written on the side of their cows when yeah. deer season starts. Oh, have you ever seen uh, this is a total non sequitur, but have you have you ever seen the uh Gary Larson far side there's a deer standing out there, and he's got a like a target on him, like an actual ring target, and the other deer's looking at him, going, "Man, that's a heck of a birthmark." Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've seen that one as well. All right, we had uh, we, we got some we got some Kentucky news for our Kentucky native. Okay, go ahead. I mean, and and w- since we asked you what the weirdest thing you saw out fishing was, you know, we were kind of trying to see, you know, if you had a better story than what we've got in show prep, but uh, apparently. Right outside of Mammoth Cave, Kentucky, a weekend camping trip in a backcountry in Mammoth Cave National Park quickly took a dramatic turn for one couple. 
They were woke up in the middle of the night to strange noises and were met by an individual saying they had Hold on, to hold on a second. Is that the actual copy of the article? Mm-hmm. Is woken a word? No. That's why I skipped it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a grammar Nazi. I will not. S- they were woken up. They were woken up. They were awoken. I mean. It's either awoken or awakened. I mean, I'm not a grammarian, and I caught that one. Yeah, so that's why I skipped that. And Okay, I brought well, it up. Some Sorry. of us are not as educated as others. I'm well, well, there's an easy way to solve that. <laughs> Go to school. Go to school and study. Pay hey, attention. Hey, hey, some of us don't like school that very much, okay? Well, then you won't be awoken, or well, you won't be woken. Okay. Yeah, you'll be I woken do, up. I do know woken's not a word, though. So you <laughs> so. got woken up to come in this morning. Yeah, yeah. All right, turn your mic off. <laughs> Anyway, uh, they were awoken in the middle of the night. To awakened. Stri- I'm sorry. Awoken, awakened. Awakened. I don't anyway, do, do your story. All right. In the middle of the night to strange noises and were met with an individual saying that someone had destroyed their campsite. Brad Jinn, one of the campers, said that the individual said it was Bigfoot country and it seemed a little weird that he would say that. The individual then informed them that he was searching for whatever had destroyed their campsite and warned them to be careful. Uh, Mr. Rand, a camper, said, I hope you have weapons, and then flashed his gun at us and was like, I have this, so if anything happens to you, just yell, and I will come. I've got a gun. The couple decided to head back to their tent, and then they heard gunshots. They dialed 911 and hiked five miles back to their car to meet up with park rangers. Mammoth Cave public information officials stated the Mammoth Cave National Park Law enforcement rangers responded to the reporting of an individual with a firearm in one of our backcountry sites in the early morning of July 28th. The rangers made contact with the parties involved, and it is an ongoing investigation at this time. Uh, Mammoth Cave Park would like the public to know there are not any ongoing threats in the park. It is safe to visit, and no other Bigfoot have been sighted. Was there alcohol involved? I'm guessing there had to be. This is like the my favorite story. I don't I don't know if you ever caught my favorite story that we've ever done on Tony Sanders Outdoors. There's a guy in Washington and he put on a ghillie suit and he's standing at a corner and he jumps out when cars come close and goes boogie 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 or whatever sound Bigfoot, Bigfoot make. Well, he jumped out. It, there was alcohol involved and he jumped out a little bit too far and got hit by a car and knocked into the other lane of traffic where a truck promptly came over and ran him over in the other lane. So I mentioned that he got sasquashed. <laughs> so anyway, I love Bigfoot stories cuz these people are just uh, Now, Rob was telling me that in one of your videos you mentioned that you run into interesting people sometimes when you're under bridges crossing creeks and or fishing creeks or whatever. Um is this just people that are living there? Uh, it has happened several times. I've uh, seen people that live under bridges. Mm-hmm. I've come up on them. Were they trolls? <laughs> Hopefully not. Okay. And um, I mean, we had big feet. Might as well yeah. have trolls. And usually they just they talk to you, ask what you're doing. You know, no big deal. Just go on about my business. Do they fish? Um, most of the time not. You know, some, of course, people, everybody says they fish whenever you talk about fishing. And uh, sometimes people just come up to you, uh, start telling you where the best fish are at, and this and that. And like, I appreciate that, buddy. <laughs> All right, let me go. So you're you're not sure that the, they really, yeah, know where the best fish are. 
I don't trust most people's opinion on stuff like that. <laughs> That's fair <laughs> enough. Um, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't. We, we were talking about that coming in. I hadn't really thought about that part of it, but there are. I actually on YouTube saw a guy fishing uh one of the Bayou runoffs, and and uh, he set up his camera. And I'm gonna we're gonna talk a little camera stuff a little bit later. But he had set up his camera on a uh, tripod and was out there fishing uh, in Houston in a non-savory area, we will say. And these two guys just come walking up to him, and they're you know they're like, hey, you know, talk to him, and they're kind of crowding him a little bit. And uh, he happened to be armed, and they decided that oh well, we 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 don't need to be here. But uh, he was just. You know, standing there fishing, and these two guys kind of came up to him, and and it literally looked like they were walking up to shake him down. Oh yeah. So you know it, you know, and that meant, but Houston's a you know a bigger city, and you know you're probably going to get that in a non-savory area. But you know he was kind of a, like you know like we do. I get out in the middle of nowhere, and you know it may be me and not see anybody, or it may be me and the only person I see is a little, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. possibly. So it all depends. I've seen you know I've. I fished a few urban areas that I've seen some people, you know, that are want to have a twenty-minute discussion about, you know, something that they saw, or you know, like you know, twenty minutes. Hey, you better be careful. There's big feet down there. You know. Oh, okay. Somebody commented on a I uh, fished up in North Georgia at the uh, Upper um, Conestoga, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, someone commented on there, and they were they were dead serious about watching out for Bigfoot and stuff. I was like, thank you for that. You have been warned. Yeah. You seem kind of jaded. You don't like this stuff doesn't phase you. Bigfoot and snakes and people, you know, living, yeah. living under bridges telling you where to fish. Doesn't seem to phase you a bit. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get bothered by much. But, um, yeah, people all the time, they're like, especially snakes and stuff, like, you walk through those weeds and go through there, man, I'd be scared to death. I'm like, what's going to happen? What are the chances I'm going to get something's going to happen or get bit by something? I don't mean, I'm, I'm careful. I'm careful where I go and watch what I'm doing, but, you know, same time, I'd, I'd rather uh, find some fish than worry about that. That makes that makes a lot of sense. makes a lot of sense. Uh, I had a friend of mine in college that gave me a piece of advice when I first started fly fishing. We were going to go out, and it was it was eastern Kentucky. It was winter. It was 20-some-odd degree, degrees outside, and, you know, we were having to stick our rods in the water because the ice was building up in the guides every five seconds. I said, why are we out here? He says, you should never let the weather determine your fun outdoor plans. And he said, you know, dress for the weather. And he said, but don't let the weather determine what you're doing. And I thought, you know, I always thought about that. I've fished, and, you know, I'm sure you have too, been caught, you know, you're out fishing, having a good day this time of year, you know, warm weather, and all of a sudden, you know, pop up thunderstorm, and, you know, five seconds later, you're in a, you're in a deluge with lightning coming around, and, yeah. you know, adjust accordingly you know dodge the lightning but you know don't let if it's cold you know bundle up go fishing if it's hot you know put on a pair of shorts go yeah. fishing is that kind of your attitude yeah um yeah i'm just i'll enjoy it and not get frustrated by what you can't control you know some days uh you don't catch anything you're like well maybe next day i will that's a really good attitude that's a really good attitude you ever have any livestock problems um, I, I've noticed you fish some areas that run through agricultural areas, and I've seen a few cows on the side. You ever have any? I, I, there's a, there's a old, uh, actually a video that got a lot of views. I fished this old mill in Cleveland, and uh, I've, I've driven by it for years. And finally, I found the person home, and I asked them, can I fish there? They're like, yeah, but watch out for the bulls. 
So um, they had a couple. That's where they keep their bulls. <laughs> Note to self, but go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I think that's when you go to another yeah. body of water. I just, you know. Yeah. So, um, but oh, he's not worried about snakes and Sasquatch and anything else. So what? What bull wouldn't? All right. They said uh, so. I, I went back and they were like, um, "Yeah, just you know, watch out. Don't get too close. So, you know, they may be riled up." So I'm like, "Okay." So I'm, I'm watching out, and sure enough, one of them comes to like check me out, and I kind of get behind a few trees. Then he walks on by. So I'm like, "All right, back to it." You had the, you were smart enough to not engage said <laughs> bovine. I'm guessing though. Yeah, I was keeping my head on the swivel for sure. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, which is what this tourist should have done. We had last week. We had a young lady uh, from Florida who got thrown up in the air like a rag doll. If I don't know if you've seen that video or not. I heard you talk about it. I didn't see the video. Yeah, she got thrown up in the air at, in Yellowstone, and every year we say, please don't pet, upset, get near. Just stay away from bison, and people don't listen to us. So this week, again, totally new story, a teenage visitor to a national park in North Dakota has been injured by a bison. Officials at Theodore National Park say a 17-year-old girl from Colorado was on a trail Saturday when she walked between two bull bison that had been fighting previously. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They were fighting, and she says, hey, this is the path I want to take? Yeah. Okay. They lock up horns, they separate, and she thinks, hey, I'll split the Red Sea and go between them. Did she live? One bison charged the teen who was struck in the back, gored and it gored in the thigh and tossed about six feet in the air. Park Rangers and the Billings, Billings County paramedics treated the girl at the scene until the victim could be taken by helicopter to Bismarck Hospital. Authorities stated she was in stable condition. Which means that she will someday be able to reproduce. Yeah. Again, the park Officials have come out and said, visitors, please stay 25 yards away from large animals such as bison, elk, deer, and horses in this particular park. You know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give one other public service announcement. If two males are fighting, I don't care if it's two men in a bar, two elk on the range, two bison, two cows, don't walk between them. That's a really good piece Even of Even if there's 100 yards between them, because you know what? Two bison running at each other from 100 yards away is going to close into 50 yards really quick. Mm -hmm. So that's just my advice from years of being outdoors. I mean, th again, the National Park has said, please stay at least 25 yards away from large animals and 100 yards away from predatory animals such as bear and wolf. If you have to be told this, we don't want you in the gene pool. This is this. These animals are like Clorox. We're just pouring Clorox in the gene pool, and hopefully it'll take out all the stupid people. We'll be right back. I'm on a first name basis at the tackle shop. Baby's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee, are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Babies have years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Baby Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at babiesfertilizer.com. Compass Auctions and Real Estate is your one-stop source for new and used equipment. What kind of equipment, you ask? Well, they have cars, guns, construction equipment, guns, sporting equipment, guns, 
restaurant equipment, guns, coins, guns, four-wheelers, guns, side-by-sides, guns. Are you hearing a theme? Compass Auction Real Estate are your source for all the slightly used equipment that you need around your hunting lease. It's real simple. Go to soldoncompass.com and sign up for the email updates about upcoming auctions, soldoncompass.com. Since Tony Sanders Outdoors came on the air, Sportsman's Warehouse has been one of our premier sponsors as they were the first and longest-lasting large retailer in our area. They are your one-stop source for hunting and fishing equipment, firearms and supplies, camping, boating, outdoor clothing, and so much more. There are two differences about Sportsman's Warehouse, their people and their support of the conservation efforts that matter to you. No other retailer in our area supports locally like Sportsman's Warehouse. The great indoors for those who love the great outdoors, Highway 153 and Lee Highway. The Tri-State Chapter of Quail Forever is having a banquet on Saturday evening, September 28th at Highland Sportsman Club in Hickson. Quail Forever is focusing efforts on habitat reconstruction to benefit the Bob White Quail. Many of you began your hunting career chasing Bob White Quail in our area and you long for that sound of a quail again. While we may not restore that during your lifetime, join us in our efforts to restore that sound for future generations. For more information, please look us up on Facebook at Quail Forever Tri State Chapter. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors. Hanging with you. This Saturday morning. John Dalton from Creek Fishing Adventures. You need to check it out. Go to YouTube. Search Creek Fishing Adventures. You'll see it'll pull up. Over 200 shows now? Yeah, or 200 videos I've made on there. 200 videos are out there that you can go watch. And it's all fishing creeks. Pretty Smaller much. bodies of water. Some rivers and lakes. Yeah. Mostly creeks. Smaller bodies of water. I th- that's pretty cool. I, again, I think that's a great idea. And uh, the fact that you have, uh, what do you say, 50,000? 20,000 subscribers right now. That's a lot of people. Wow. Now you're reaching a lot of people. That's good. Yeah. And uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about the, the camera setup. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a good friend of mine, uh, Rob Jeeves, uh, up in New York. He wears a GoPro on the bill of his hat, and I've seen you wear one on your chest, and I've seen some under really cool underwater shots. Let me say that when you yeah. release the fish, that that's really really that's good to see him swim away and then kind of yeah. hang out. What kind of equipment are you using? And let's say somebody wanted to get into filming their their fishing adventures, what, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, it's it's not that expensive. The GoPros, uh, the GoPro brand, everything they've they've really come down a lot. I have a, uh, I, have, I like to wear the chest mount because I like the angle from there, but you can wear whatever. But I have a GoPro Hero 5 on my chest that I wear, and um, it, um, it, I can, uh, I got changeable batteries for it, and um, I got a memory card that records like eight hours at a time, so it can do really well. And uh, I actually have a microphone plugged into it too, so that's, that's another thing. They, there's all kinds of options you can have for it to get clear sound and stuff. Now, do you turn it on, just let it run the whole time, or do you? Yeah, that's what I try to do. I, I used to try to turn it off and on. Some people do that, but you miss things. So it takes it longer to edit and everything, but I'll, basically the whole fishing trip or whatever I'm doing, I'll let it run the whole time in case anything happens, something fun, something, anything going on. Um, you get the whole experience, and then I can just edit out whatever I want to edit out. I have a uh, a GoPro Sessions, which is just, and it's an underwater uh, camera, I don't have to put a case on it, 
and that's what I usually use for the releases underwater and stuff. And I've, I've watched other people's videos and I take notes and this and that. And I, I like seeing the underwater parts. I just, I, I don't know, something about it. They, they look natural and they look more vibrant when you let them go. Um, but uh, I have, uh, I used to do a lot with my phone. And a lot of people record on their phone. They can mount it different ways. But, um, yeah, it don't take too much money. You know, it's a little bit. They're a couple hundred bucks for some of those cameras, but not outrageous. What about the uh, editing software? I use Filmora Wondershare, and it's like a one-time fee. It's like it's only like sixty bucks. It's it's probably low end. One of these days, I like to upgrade to like Adobe or something like that. Some of those are like reoccurring yearly fees, though. And I'm trying to. When I started out, I was like, I want to pay as little as possible to be able to do it. That makes sense. Yeah. And I was like, if it ever does pay for itself one day, maybe I can upgrade. And not till about four or five months ago, I was actually started making money from it and actually paying for what I've done. Okay, so how how do you how do you start making money? How, so people first of all need to subscribe to your channel. Yeah, it it helps to subscribe, but subscribing doesn't really pay me. It's just how many views I have and how much time people are watching it. You know, they're just running ads like the radio station. So if they if they watch a minute and click off, they probably didn't see ad. If they watch you know ten minute video, they're probably gonna have, see a couple ads. So that's gonna add to how much money I I make off of it. Okay. Well, kind of makes sense. I'm not really familiar with the whole YouTube thing, but, you know, that's a discussion for, you know, the ins and outs of YouTube. But I just think it's yeah. really great which the what you've been putting up. And, uh, again, I love the underwater shots. And uh, one of my favorite things about your channel is uh, I showed Tony here earlier. Uh, it's kind of your intro. You you set a camera near a minnow trap. Tell, yeah. us, tell us how you got that shot. It's, it's really interesting. Yeah, this, this was like my first – few months of uh videotaping and just trying different things and i i like underwater videos and i've i like watching just fish underwater so i put a minnow trap and i was going to videotape it just how many fish go into the minnow trap and um set it in the water went off and did something came back 30 minutes later the camera was turned over after i reviewed the footage about seven minutes in this little uh it's either bluegill or red breast something comes around the curve sees my camera it just comes up and like hits at it and knocks it over. Like right in the eye, too. I mean, he got eye-to-eye yeah. eye with the lens. It, it's hilarious. He comes up and just looks like, the heck's that? I think I'll eat it. Yeah. And then you see the camera slowly go, you bonk. Yeah, the um, the camera has a little red dot that flashes. And every time I put it underwater, the fish, it's so funny to watch the fish come look at it. They'll just come up and stare at it and then move off. And they kind of come back. They always keep their eye on it. They're like, what is going on with that? That's that's cool. Well, you got 20,001 now. There we go. <laughs> There we go. Helping out where we can. That's right. Now, this uh, looks like you're fishing a, it looks like a drainage ditch. Um, yeah. It, I mean, it's a, it, it's a, it's a culvert. Yeah. And, and your bot rods <laughs> doubled over, <laughs> doubled over down into the culvert. It looks like. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. That's And yeah. Okay. Your yeah. point is. <laughs> Yeah, I came up with the phrase, I don't think about using it, but like fish anywhere, fish everywhere. Yeah. And I'm like, if there's water and, and there's if there's water staying in a place, no matter how deep it is, there's probably a fish in there. I stopped at a place this week. I had to work in Chattanooga, and I um, stopped at Arby's to eat, and there's this little ditch running through there. I'm like, well, let me just walk over there and look. The water was three inches deep. I looked, at, and there's a little tunnel. I looked up under there. There was two or three fish swimming back up in that tunnel. I was like, 
I need to try to get those. That's so funny. <laughs> it's right on the main road. I've, I've fished several places right on the main highway or something like that. And right. Everybody's looking at you. They'll be like, you catching fish in there? I'm like, yeah, catch fish. No, I'm just standing here, you know, doing whatever. That's pretty cool. Uh, good for you. And most of your videos are pretty short, 20 minutes or less. Really, most of them are a lot less than that. Yeah, I like, I mean, most people, if um, YouTube, you know, just the whole thing, YouTube, most people watching videos don't watch a lot of real long videos. If they see it real long, they're usually they're watching their phone and they're just in a hurry. So I try to make them 10 minutes or so. But um, a lot of people have been asking for longer videos and they want to get, you know, the whole effect, make it almost like a TV episode or something like that. So I've, I've did a couple around 20 and, you know, a lot of people are like, I, I enjoy sitting down and watching the whole thing and kind of, Feeling like I'm there. That's cool. Good for you. So, so how can if if there's somebody out there who has a lure and hint, wing, wink, nudge, nudge, yeah, that they would like to send you to Creek Test, how would somebody go about doing that? Yeah, I love testing out new lures and trying new things, and I will definitely put them on videos if I like them, uh, or, or you know, give my honest opinion on them. But um, yeah, if you go to my uh, page Creek Fishing Adventures. I got a PO box on there. I don't know what the name of it is right now, but um, you can find that in the description of like uh, my last video, and uh, or you can email me, and um, or find me on Instagram. I'll, usually Instagram is pretty easy for messaging, and um, Creek Fishing Adventures on Instagram. You can send me a message. Hmm. There you go. So you said you were watching videos and you didn't see anybody creek fishing. Have you seen more people start? getting into it like a few because i've seen i've i've seen a, a few other guys that do it i mean not locally but yeah that's why i was so interested because you were a local guy i was like hey we got to get in there and talk to him yeah that and he fishes for brim so that's always a good thing um so. yeah i um well i've i really didn't know much about youtube and like what what all is on there until i right before i started my channel and it kind of i've been learning a lot so i've been finding a lot more people but um I still there's there's a lot more I think some of them I think are from maybe me or some of them are just from there's a guy extreme Philly fishing he kind of fishes creeks and stuff and he, he like gives the um, scientific names for everything uh, he's up north and um, and then um, there's a couple people that do creek fishing but nobody that really that's their main thing and that's why I like I like fishing other stuff but I try to make at least almost every other video from a creek from a creek perspective. And a lot of times when I talk about creeks, people are like thinking rivers, you know. I'm like, no, creek, like you can jump across, you know, and what you can catch out there and basically focusing on ultralight, you know, type fishing. And um, So some of those, these runoff creeks, where do you think the fish are coming from? I'm sure they're coming upstream. Most of them, you know, if you, you know, look at them and stuff, you, you, fish are always going to be trying, little fish, you know, are getting away, trying to find shallower water all the time. So you can have a little, I've had little streams that I guess there may be springs fed or something like that, kind of stay water running. And I'll see fish way up it. like, And there'll be tons of them. There'll be, you know, little shiners. There'll be 50 shiners, a little pool way upstream or bluegill or bass or something like that. And it's just like, how, how does that fish get in there? But if you stop and look at a lot of places like that, you don't, you'll, you'll be surprised what's actually in there. Just sit there and look at some water. So they're probably coming up during high water and then getting trapped up there when the water recedes. Yeah, I think they, what, what I what I think anyways, I think they like to live away from stuff. 
And uh, yeah, they they do. They'll, they'll come up. Lost chance of getting eaten. Yeah. So. Which is a is a plus in most people's lives. Yeah. Definitely put that in the wind column. I didn't get eaten today. Yeah. yeah. And what's great about that is whenever they do get trapped or stay in their little pool, they're going to eat whatever is thrown in there. So it's, I don't have to be too picky about my lures most of the time because those those fish and a little water, they're eating everything. That's I was going to ask you since they get no pressure, I'm sure they'll. They're they're. I don't. I'm not gonna say they're easy to catch, but they're not as picky. Yeah, yeah, they're easier to catch if you can cast. That's the most of the thing. Most of the time that you're, I'm casting between trees and stuff. But if you can cast in there, you can catch them. And car, man, you got to get him hooked up. I will hook him up like a tow truck. I'll get you hooked up. All right. We'll be right back with that random tow truck thought. Compass Auctions and Real Estate is your one-stop source for new and used equipment. What kind of equipment, you ask? Well, they have cars, guns, construction equipment, guns, sporting equipment, guns, restaurant equipment, guns, coins, guns, four-wheelers, guns, side-by-sides, guns. Are you hearing a theme? Compass Auctions and Real Estate are your source for all the slightly used equipment that you need around your hunting lease. It's real simple. Go to soldoncompass.com and sign up for the email updates about upcoming auctions sold on Compass. There is a world-class shooting facility just a short drive north of Chattanooga where you can shoot shotguns on two world-class sporting clays courses designed by Marty Fisher. You can also sight in your hunting rifle at whatever distance you need, up to 1,000 yards. That is right. Get ready for your western state hunts right there at Dead Zero Shooting Park. Give them a call at 423-800-7758. Again, that's 423-800-7758. Or visit them on the web at deadzeroshooting.com. Dead Zero Shooting Park, the area's premier shooting destination. 423-800-7758 or deadzeroshooting.com. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Beatty's Fertilizer in Cleveland, Tennessee are the only ones you need to call for your commercial lawn care supplies. They are experts in fertilizer, lawn chemicals, mulch, stone, and all your commercial lawn care needs. They have the expertise to recommend formulated special blends for your lawn care company. Your customers will be happy with the great results, and so will you. Beatty's has years of local knowledge and know what will work in this area. Go with the pros at Baby Fertilizer, 472-5491, 472-5491, and check them out at Fertilizer.com. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors, hanging with uh, John Dalton from Creased Creek Fishing Adventures. It's been fun. Yeah, I'm going to go fish a creek. Well, I can say we can do that this afternoon. Make it like a mini vacation again. Uh, creek fishing. I there was some. I'm sorry, it wasn't a creek. It was a ditch. I'll be honest. It was a ditch. There was no creek to it. It was just kind of a ditch. Yeah. If there's if there's water there, I want to try it out. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. See, we're we're very simpatico on that. It's, yeah. I want to do that more of that micro fishing and like you said, catching those like log perch stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, I caught a uh, a banded sculpin the other day. Really? And uh, I was like, wow, this is 
It's crazy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I've never caught a sculpin. I have never caught one. I mean, I've almost stepped on a few, but. Yeah. Huh. Let's, uh, let's go to the phones. Hey, John. Hey, Tony. Rob, how are y'all? Doing well, sir. How about yourself? I'm good. I got to say, um, I really enjoyed Rob's comment. I'll hook him up like a tow truck. I, I actually thought that was very funny. Thank you, John. At least You're somebody welcome. does. And somebody appreciates my humor around this place. Yeah, that that was probably one of your best ones yet. And then I could hear Tony cringing as soon as you said it. Pretty much, yeah. And Tony? Yes, sir. Whoever your board operator is, uh-huh. or phone operator, yeah, fire him. He told me I sounded like Beaver Man. <laughs> oh, Lord. Thought, well, the fact that you even know Beaver Man, it makes it even worse. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> I, like, God, don't, I said, I didn't think I sounded much like Carter. And I said, that's a way to start a morning. Yeah, that just, that just set you back, didn't it, John? <laughs> Um, I've been enjoying listening to your guest. It's yeah. been very fun. And I wanted to ask him a little bit of a question, not directly with fishing, but it involves some of the equipment he uses. Sure. Um, John, two questions for you, because mm-hmm. I've got a business. Yeah. One, what type of GoPro do you use? And two, do you use any sort of editing software um to go back after you've done your uh film filming for the day to you know shorten it up and things like that yeah definitely i use uh my main camera is a gopro hero 5 and um they're they're everywhere now they're i think they're a couple hundred bucks and um i uh i uh, i download everything to the you know i take the whole video off the you know the sd card download it to the my uh, laptop, and then um, I use Filmora Wondershare. It's just an editing app. There's all kinds of editing um, things you can use. And um, I just go through and chop it up, take what I want, delete what I don't, put it together, have an opening and closing to it, sometimes add a little music or something, and and that's it. Okay. And you're, um, I think, um, I was looking up your YouTube channel, so you're going to have uh, another subscriber in just a minute. Thank you very much. And and I appreciate the information, and you guys have a, have a great day. Thanks, John. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Bye. The uh, I was I was looking Sportsman's. I know Sportsman sells GoPros, so I was looking up the the Hero Five and and stuff like that. So um, from yeah. the prices I've seen, yeah, they're. One seventy four to two hundred dollars, so uh, you know about two hundred range. That's not terrible. Yeah, the five has a uh, a video stabiliz- stabilization built in, and um, but now they have the six and the seven, which are even more improved. But you don't have to have the latest and greatest. Those some people use old stuff and it works fine. Sure. And what'd you say the one you put underwater is? Uh, I usually use the it's a sessions. Okay. Um, that's what it's called, the sessions. I think they're. The one I have, I think, I think now it's like one hundred and nine dollars, something like that. But um, they even have different models of those too. Right. Interesting. 
I'm looking at the prices right now. Yeah, you're totally correct. I have no idea who this is, but it says Redneck from. I don't know if that's, you know, hey, Redneck. Hey, what's going on? Not much. Yeah, I'm, just a, I'm just another Redneck from Polk County. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, yeah. He didn't, no, give, he didn't give me everything. No, that's fine. I was just, uh, I, I was heading up to go fishing, turned the radio on, and lo and behold, it's the guy I watch on uh, YouTube all the time. <laughs> I just had to call in. I never call in you guys' show, but I listen to you from time to time. I love the commercials, <laughs> but uh, um, I just had a couple of questions for the guy. Sure, go ahead. Um, one of my coworkers, a guy that doesn't fish, you know, the, the last guy you'd think that'd be watching a uh, fishing video, he's one in, in my office there. He's the one that turned me on to it. And <laughs> That's funny. It got my attention because it was local. You know, I was like, hey, I know where he's at. And, uh, yeah, I just love your videos. But one, one question I did have was uh, we were sort of worried about you because, you know, you put yourself out there and you're, you're you know, because you can click on it and you can find out exactly where you live. I just wondered, we're always wondering if, does anybody ever come by your house or? <laughs> yeah, I, I um, it hasn't happened yet, but uh, I actually had my address on there when I was like two or 3,000 subscribers. I'm like, you know, most of these people from way up. And all of a sudden, I got twenty thousand subscribers. So I did. I changed, and I got a PO box now. Okay. And uh, yeah, okay. Some, I I mean, I guess it could happen, but I never thought I would grow this much or be this big. So. Well, good deal. I'm glad for you, man. It's very interesting. Keep them coming. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah. See, uh, because you fished a lot of places where you know I fished when I was a kid, like uh, up above the powerhouse there mm-hmm. on Hawassie. And uh, above those dams on the old koi, yep. you, know, you, you, you did some walking on that one video to get where you was at there close to that dam. Yeah, I, I think that one I walked over two miles through the rocks and yeah. water. And that, was a, that was a long day. Yeah, I was impressed. I was trying to see. Just any average person watching that probably didn't realize that. Cause I, was, I was telling my coworker there, I was like, man, he's done some hustling to get back to where he's at right there. Yeah, That's I do like cool. an adventure. Yeah. Well, man, uh, keep it coming, and uh, great videos. I just had to call and say hi to you. I appreciate it. Thanks well, for watching. Well, All thank right. you so much. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Right, bye. There you go. Hey, there you go. So so when you started, you had your address on there. Were you looking for the fishing groupies, like the really hot <laughs> fishing groupies? Cause, they never showed up. Uh, <laughs> I know. I got into radio for all the hot groupies, and all we got are these gray-haired old guys. Well, you know, I'm waiting for all the hot chicks out in the parking lot, but no. Yeah. Just, I'm just saying. Have you looked at yourself in a mirror lately? Yeah. And yeah, there's a lot of gray. I, yeah, there's a lot of gray. Fair enough. Uh, that's pretty cool. Somebody watches you all the time. Yeah, it, it's funny. I'll uh, I've been a few places and somebody recognized me. The funniest one. I was changing an air conditioner on the roof of this building, and a guy walks all the way across the roof. I thought he was going to ask me to move my van down below. He's like, "Hey, I watch your videos." I'm like, oh. Hey. <laughs> I was like, well, thanks. He turned around and walked back. That's <laughs> funny. That's funny. Well, that's uh, good for you. Good for you. And 20,000 subscribers, it's not a, not surprising that there are some right here that are listening to. So, good for you. So, um, where to next? What are you going to do now? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, um, 20,000, you know, before you know it, you're going to have 50. I mean, it's going to happen now. Yeah, I've I've been growing two to 3,000 a month. And um and the th- the way YouTube is, I could I could go a thousand in a day, or then or one day you know not have very many at all. 
it can just jump like crazy. So, yeah, so next summer, I really don't know what I'm going to be doing, um, especially if it keeps growing the way it has. And that's every every time I've had a growth, it's been, you know, exponential. It's just like more mm-hmm. and more and more. And, um, yeah, um, here recently, last few months, I've made several thousand dollars just off that. And, you know, maybe one day I'll start traveling around, fishing all the little creeks that nobody's fishing. We can say we knew him when. I know yeah. it. Maybe you'll just let us back along with yeah. you. Yeah. Cool. Good for you. Good for you. All right. Hey, folks, uh, you've got coming up uh, a unique opportunity, especially if you're a hunter, uh, and that is on uh, the 6th of August in Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, TWRA will be having the first of their listening events this year. This is mainly what we what we're doing is every year we're going to be doing listening tours. This year it's hunting. Next year it'll be fishing. And uh, it's a chance for you to come out and talk to TWRA. It's not just going to be somebody standing on the stage giving you a lecture. They're actually going to be in small groups so you can talk. So if you got an interest in uh, deer, you can talk to the deer guys. They're going to be there. If you got an interest in um, sandhill cranes, the, the bird people will be there. So it's a chance for you to get out there and talk to them. And uh, I, think it'll be, I think it's a cool opportunity. So this is happening August 6th at Cleveland State Community College at the Johnson Building. Uh, it's 3535 Atkinson Drive in Cleveland, Tennessee, 37312. Look forward to seeing you there 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock uh, this coming Tuesday. Look forward to seeing you there. Uh, should be fun. It will be. And it's a great time, like you said, to talk to the people who are – talk to your commissioners, but also talk to the biologists yeah, and I'm, the people of field. I will be the least important person there. Um, there will be a lot of people there. So, All right, we're going to go. Pay your bill when we come back. The infamous beaver man that got called out is apparently listening. So uh, we'll be right back. Are you a member of the National Rifle Association? If not, why? No other organization in this country fights for your rights like the NRA. In the current environment, our rights under the Second Amendment are being attacked every day. While we in the South may feel comfortable, that is not the case all across America. The NRA is taking up the fight for you, and you need to be a part. Join the over 5 million men, women, and children who are members of the NRA. Go to TonySandersOutdoors.com and click on the Join NRA link. Don't wait too late. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That is more than the catchy jingle when it describes State Farm agent Rodney Allen. For over 20 years, Rodney and his team of professionals have been taking care of our family's insurance needs. Whether it's home, auto, life, or insurance, or your outdoor toys, whatever it is, Rodney Allen and State Farm can handle these needs. Don't forget your banking and financial needs as well. Reach Rodney Allen and his staff at 423-847-3881. Again, that's 423-847-3881. And invest a few minutes of your time to deal with a financial professional and his staff. Rodney Allen, State Farm. If you're looking to target your product or service to the outdoor community, Tony Sanders Outdoors can help. Nearly one-third of the radios are tuned to Tony Sanders Outdoors on Saturday mornings from 5 to 7 a.m. Whether it's a recorded commercial, live reads, remote broadcast, or product endorsements, Tony and Rob can help. Give us a call at 423-280-3677 to discuss your advertising needs. Tony Sanders Outdoors, your outdoor advertising solution. 423-280-3677. All right. Welcome back. Tony Sanders Outdoors wrapping it up this Saturday morning. Let's go to Beaverman. Hey, Beaverman, how are you? Welcome back from Colorado. 
Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it was a good time. Uh, your guest, oh, first, was that John that called in earlier? Yes. Who was lucky enough to be yes. misidentified as myself? Yes, Mr. Beatty himself. Yes. Good for him, right? Um, hey, yeah, Colorado's awesome. Uh, we A week ago, I was up on the plateau. It was 50 degrees in the middle of the day. Yeah. 51. It warmed up to about... 70 uh, when the sun would come out, but it, it was great. Caught some stalkers. Um, didn't got to fish a wild stream, uh, private land with my uncle, who y'all had on before. And that uh, was, we saw deer and, you know, big old giant muleys standing right, right next to the road. He said, yeah, they're, they're like pets right now, but wait till hunting season. Right. And uh, a lot of lot of good, good fishing, small, stupid, very eager brook trout. To, or not brook, cutthroat. They they cleared the brook trout out of this particular stream. Right. It was all cut cutthroat. So that was fun. Cool. Your guest. Um, are you a trout fisherman? Are you a bass fisherman? Are you a, what, any anything that'll tug your line? Yeah, I uh, I never really grew up trout fishing. Or bass fishing. I just grew up fishing for whatever, and that's basically what I do. Anything that I bite. Excellent, my kind of man. I'm a, I'm I'm not I'm I'm a multi-species um, offender. Anytime I can. Yeah, that's why I like to it. Just ripping lips. That's what it, that's what it's all about. Yep. Yeah. Um. I, I'm not that familiar with the YouTubes and all of that stuff, but. I'm sure I can go to the Tony Sanders Outdoor page and learn more information. Is that correct? Well, you will by the time I get it up there, yes. I put put a link in uh, to his page uh, to get there for Facebook. There you go. Well, very cool. You know, you just just discovered the book of face a couple of years ago, so you too would be new. Okay. I'll I'll search, search search that out. Okay, cool. All right, well, hopefully this time next week we'll have another fishing report, Mr. Rob and I. That's what I hear. From tomorrow. So Someday I'll get invited. We'll try to, Someday try to I'll, go rip some lips. Someday I'll get invited. Oh, Rob, bring long, bring long pants. It's, this place is full of chiggers and ticks. Oh, great. They'll be, they'll be coming out there with your with your flip-flops and acting like you're at the beach. Note to self. Okay, we will do. All right, man. Thanks. All righty. See, see you guys. All right. Well, tell everybody how to find you on YouTube again. Yeah, all you got to do is search Creek Fishing Adventures, and you can just put that into Google, and a lot of videos will come up from me. And um, I've been doing it about three years now, and there's got 200 videos out there to find. You can uh, subscribe, and that way you get notified when new videos get out there. And That's right. I try to put out two a week, so try to keep wow. people interested. That's That is a lot of work. It is. I only had one this week. It's about 20 hours of work. I've figured it out. Um, to do week, one video? To get two videos a week. Oh, 20 hours, which yeah. is half a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. Plus your full-time job. Yes. Hey, a couple of calendar things coming up. Uh, Medal of Honor Heritage Center Sporting Clays event is on the 5th of September. Uh, and that's, uh, that's coming up here very quickly. Uh, actually, much more quickly than it should. And then the uh, 28th of September... Well, forever banquet at Highland Sportsman Club. So a couple of opportunities for you. 
Uh, and don't forget the Young Marines uh, inaugural sporting clay tournament is coming up on the 14th of September at Dead Zero Shooting. Uh, that's going to be a chance for you to go up there and help out that organization as well. It's been awesome. Thank you. Appreciate I'm glad I got the beer. I'm glad you did too. I hope, uh, hope your success continues. Look forward to it. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Robert, anything else? Uh, if you head out, wear your life vest, be careful, drink lots of water, and get out and fish a creek. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. Outside with Cindy is next. Please enjoy. We'll see you next week. You have been listening to the podcast of the award-winning Tony Sanders Outdoor Show. Please subscribe to our service to get updated shows weekly throughout the year. Like us on all the social medias to keep up with what's going on on Tony Sanders Outdoors.